The following program is part of the Inner Circle Podcasting Group. Go to innercircle.com for more high-quality podcasts. This is Comics Therapy, episode 84. No reviews, just analysis. I'm Aaron Myers, and my co-host, as always, is Andrea Shockling. Up this week, two comics from June 10th, 2015. Harrow County, number two, and 1602, Witch Hunter, Angela, number one. Just as a reminder, we never do reviews, but we do talk a lot, so there may be spoilers ahead. What was that thing you just did with your voice? I modulated the sound and tone of my voice. To try to be extra dramatic? Yeah. Don't ever do that again. No, I will do that whenever I please. Uh Welcome to Comics Therapy. Neither Aaron nor I are licensed therapists, so don't take anything we say seriously. This week's theme is Dark Days, Darker Nights. Lady witches. Ladies hunting witches. Ladies hunting lady witches. It's almost as if there's an overwhelming historical precedent for associating women with witchcraft. Mm Mm-hmm. People just look and observe the world around them. Yep. In between shows, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Myers and Andrea at Andrea Shock. The show account is at Comics Therapy. And all our podcast brothers and sisters in arms are at Inner Circle Pod. How's your week, Aaron? Um, it's just fine. Thank you. <laughs> Typical week full of fun, family, and freshness. Don't don't try to make alliteration work if it's not if it's not legit. Oh, then I can never make it work. <laughs> no, I mean, is there anything fun and exciting? Did you finally see Mad Max Fury Road, for example? I will not be able to see that until it is available for download. Okay, everything about that statement is terrible. I wish that I wish that I could come up there and babysit for you for like four hours so that you and Chrissy both could go and see that fucking movie. Okay, well, after the show, get in your car. Okay. Okay. See you soon. I'm so Have a good day, folks. I'm so tempted to do that. It's just, like, of all of the movies, for you to just be like, oh, whatever, I'll go see it when I can download it, is, it, like, hurts my heart. Look, there's lots of movies I want to see. It's not my fault I had kids. This is the... This is the situation I find myself in. You could have uh, canceled the podcast this week to go see the movie. I would have I would have been okay with that choice. Sure, but you know what? I care more about our listeners than I do about my own happiness. Don't make it into something more admirable than it is. You just didn't <laughs> think of that plan until I mentioned it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, there's lots of movies. I want to see Jurassic World as well. Yeah, That'll but, have to but wait, who cares but... about that one? Mad Max Fury right. Road is life-changing. I seriously doubt that. Way to join the conversation that everybody else is having. I don't know about those conversations because I have filters set up on all my social media. Oh, are you are you savvy at social media? Unlike 
unlike uh, some other people we've been talking about recently. I don't know if that's people. I'd, I'd say it's more companies. <laughs> it's so disappointing. If, if it wasn't such a douchebag title, I would love to be like a social media director because it's it is the simplest thing and it's just amazing how poorly run it is for major corporations. But I mean, let's be honest, dude. You've 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 maybe maybe had a few missteps of your own. I don't think so. You, you I stand have. behind everything I've done on social media. That's not true. Some of the times more recently when you got drunk and tweeted outrage, you admitted after the fact that maybe that wasn't the best choice. Only because it took up so much of my time. I don't <laughs> I don't regret what I said. Got it. And I if you got, were representing a company, having... you probably wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, well, I get paid for it. Right. Like, you know, it's eating up so much of my time and I just find it tedious, you know? Mm. Doesn't mean that what I've said or how I've changed the world wasn't important. You haven't, just so that we're clear on that. Well, you know, we run in different circles. Oh, God. It's like I can't get through the day unless I find out what Aaron Myers got from the dollar bin. Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> My life is incomplete without reading your previews tweets. How dare you, number one. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. I missed you. Yeah, people people love that. Do they? I, some a couple couple how many followers do you lose on average these days none it's because everybody just mutes you instead maybe i don't know i mean yes, honestly the answer to that is yes no honestly people say like this is like you know it's not three thousand people that say it but a handful of people like say oh good or they use it as their pre-order sheet i'm a tastemaker you always say that, and I just don't think you know what that word means. I've heard it used before, <laughs> and it sounds good. That's really the key to social media, is right. just kind of, re like, you know, parodying back things that other people seem to enjoy. Oh, yeah, make sure that you take all the credit for yourself, too, because that's what people really love. Of course. Yeah. You don't retweet, you link back. Or you so just that... copy and paste. Mm -hmm. Look at this clever thing that I came up with entirely on my own. Uh -huh. I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anything else? Mm, you know, it's just a countdown to the end of the month. Why? What's at the end of the month? Um, the quarterly comic swap in Portland. Oh, that's so cute. I told you about this. Yeah, I know, but I don't pay attention. I still need somebody to work my table for me, though. What does that mean? So I pay $20 to have a table there. Right. So I can bring stuff that I want to sell. Oh, but then really... you want to be able to walk around and buy other stuff. Right, so I need to find... a. Um, a friend to sit at my table while I walk around. That's insane. Why? Because, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just, why? Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, no, wait. I have a great idea. It should be Luke. <laughs> People uh, it... will buy all of the comics from a kid. Sure. Maybe in a couple of years. It would be like a major gimmick. Everybody talking about like the five-year-old who's got his own table and... <laughs> Thinking that they can, like, get or if they're trying the to negotiate, I, and I could stand there and say, like, I don't know, you have to talk to him. There has, yeah, oh, that's awesome. You should totally do that. Yeah, well, maybe in a couple of years. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, the um, sucker, I mean, the friend that usually would sit at the table is not going to do it for me this time. Oh, finally wiser, huh? And you get a better offer. He's sitting at another table. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's lame. Matt Roberts is dead to me. Aw, sorry, Matt. That's all right. I still think you're great. 
Well, if you drive up here to sit at my table. No, I meant Matt. Oh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the kind of stress I have in my life right now. Oh. Man, you want to trade? No, not really. Because <laughs> I have... I have more. I have more stress about a variety of different things. And I could just, I could share a little bit with you just to even it out a bit. Sure, go ahead. No, I, I don't, I'm not going to like share it with the internet. Oh, okay. Just, just saying like if you want some, I could put some on a plate and just give you like a pile of, of stress. No, I'm fine. Cool. I have plenty, thank you. Awesome. Okay. We can, we can talk about comics if you don't want to talk about your life. I, I like to talk about comics. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about my life because inevitably we're going to talk about how scary the comics, well, one of them specifically was. And like every time we talk about scary things, it's always about me. Well, yeah. And you've been called a witch so much in your life that you really associate this week. With wow. What story. is that? What? Like uh, eight minutes? Ten. Sorry. Ten and a half minutes before you made that joke and I'm making giant air quotes around the word joke because it was so fucking funny. Uh, I apologize. I didn't mean which. I meant another word that sounds like that. Oh, you're so hilarious. Let's uh, let's start this off. All right. Our first book this week is Harrow County Number 2, written by Cullen Bunn, with art and lettering by Tyler Crook. Harrow County is published by Dark Horse Comics. Okay, so this is the story of Emmy. She is about to turn 18, and she lives with her father in a very rural area. And uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. It's only the second issue, and... I appreciate this week. I need to acknowledge, Aaron, that you're letting me talk about two books very early in their storytelling process. But yes, I know you're mm. you're a hero. Mm. Uh, but we've got all of the elements for a really compelling horror story here with uh, Emmy like right at the center, both trying to figure out what's going on with her and her experiences, but then also some um, like historical influence with the town and the townspeople and uh, just really an area of the country that's got a lot of like haunted history as well. Yeah, is that, I, I don't know, is there an area of the country that doesn't, doesn't really have like witch and ghost stories though? I think that if you talk about most urban areas or sprawly metropolitan areas, those kinds of traditional ghost stories have gone pretty significantly by the wayside hmm. that you have now like huge numbers of of kids i mean probably several generations worth now who have only ever heard ghost stories who like don't know people who experience them who have never been down the kind of dark country road uh with um you know dilapidated falling down farm buildings off True. in the distance, right? They, like, they don't have that firsthand experience with that kind of environment because they are growing up in a newer urban setting. So, yeah, or, I totally or think... Or even so, like, the outdoor experience has been reduced so much by access to entertainment in the home. I guess, I guess, but I don't... 
You mean like in terms of kids growing up and playing in the woods versus uh, sitting at home playing video games? Yeah. Sure. I I I think. Yeah. Okay. I will allow that. That's. That's probably. Done more to take away from. Man, I hesitate to say belief because I don't want to get into any kind of discussion about like is this shit real or not. But but that that sense when you're a kid that the woods are scary, that they're haunted, that there's something supernatural happening as opposed to just you don't know your way around the woods. I do think that that part is less prominent in most childhoods now. Hmm. But also, I, mean, I didn't. It really depends on the area. Though, I didn't too. grow up in a rural area, like dude, right. you did. Like you have never talked about scary ghosts in your secret two hundred people town that you grew up in. So, yeah, but there, I don't talk about it. But there was, there's the murder house that was right next to the school. For real? Yeah. Oh wait, was... no, you did. You did talk about that, but that wasn't. That was people, not ghosts. Yeah. But it was then. Then it was. That's the haunted house. That's like that's where the dad killed you know the wife and kids and killed himself in you know the turn of the century okay so then the house had this like mystique about it no no no. and even like kids would say like oh i saw somebody in the wind you know in the window who wasn't there that sort of thing but what about the woods themselves around where i lived it wasn't specific stories but there's plenty of creepy stuff in, in the woods like especially where i grew up was meth and and um and pot production before mm-hmm. like you know it was legal in california to grow pot um, so so you would you'd come across like you know shacks out in the woods that were built you know 50 years ago and not only that you had homesteaders who were out there who were like like growing up there was you know the barches off of you know kelly road who literally like put down you know this is where we'll build the house and they just got to keep the land even though they never paid for it you know it was just they had been there so long okay and, they were, and then those how you know it, inevitably inevitably those people died and they weren't the only kind of family like that and the houses would just be abandoned out on properties that would get overgrown and oh, wow. and that sort of thing so it, it was so it's so rural out there that kind of stuff is all over the place but that that kind of reminds me of what the environment in Harrow County, like you need to have that space. First of Uh all, you need to have the, the, I guess the ability and freedom for Emmy to have discovered the woods on her own and, and felt really comfortable there and not run into like a lot of other people because the, the land that she had at her disposal was so vast. Mm -hmm. And, and that's that's a luxury in and of itself, and it's certainly not as common of a childhood experience as it probably used to be, and and you know that anywhere close to what I had. So I I guess that's I hadn't thought about it quite like that for you. That yeah, what you're describing has a lot of the same elements that that Harrow County has, but with meth instead of. it was was most it was mostly pot but (laughs) i mean the pot was dicey if you if you came across somebody's patch you didn't know like it wasn't like fun hippies or anything like that you know they're guys with shotguns and you know they're operations and it was all illegal and you had helicopters flying overhead all the time and Mm. everything so you know it 
it, that kind of drug production area, it could be pretty intense for a lot of different reasons. Sure, sure, but no ghosts. Um, plenty of ghosts <laughs> within your own mind. Like my imagination would run wild, especially like if you're. There were a couple of roads I would go down. There was a, kind of a back trail to the lake that you could take and you could ride your bike or walk down but it was really it was more like a deer path mm -hmm. and there were definitely there were like kind of there were a couple of places where there was like a standing shack or you know something very small that had just been there forever that was you know rotting and falling apart but was still there and you know your mind your imagination will run wild as a kid does it run wild without being influenced by those kinds of stories first I, I don't know I don't, if you have i don't know the, you mean the concept of like ghouls ghosts devils demons that sort of thing but i'm not sure that you would be able to like split the before and after of having that that prior knowledge like if you can True. remember going down the deer path before somebody told you their first ghost story versus right, after right. but i i do wonder if if a kid like emmy seems very comfortable with the notion of the supernatural. Unlike me, for example, <laughs> where the whole boy skin thing is kind of the worst and super freaky. And um, like the end of the first issue when she first like sees it and then like we find that in this issue she's taken the skin back with her and she talks to... It, like, she would talk to a pet. I mean, her comfort level with that is, is it strikes me as something almost, it's almost the product of, like, not knowing enough to be afraid of it. Or it's so ubiquitous in the culture, it's just part of the natural world. But everybody else around her is afraid of it. I mean, look at the adults who are afraid of her. Right, but doesn't that go back to who she is, that she is... That they're looking for those signs, that sort of affinity with the occult, the supernatural, and, like, the demonic. I guess. I guess. But that she... she doesn't have the instincts of everyone else to, like, hide in their homes, turn on all the lights, and wait for morning. Right. Like, her comfort with it is a sign in and of itself. Yeah. That's true. It, it puts her in the very unique position of discovering who she is at the same time that everybody else knows who she is so it's like it's like the worst kind of dramatic irony right where she she's learning about her kind of place in this larger story and and melding the fantasy and the fiction and the reality all together her her weird dreams and the information that she's getting from like the boy's skin and now like her friend bernice who's involved and she at the center is is She's like the least knowledgeable, and yet she's the linchpin with like holding it all together. It's really, it's very interesting because I think like her father tried to protect her, and in doing so, set her up to be somewhat ill prepared uh, to deal with what theoretically is going to come next. I mean, my assumption is right. She's she's eighteen. She's a witch. Now we have to kill her. That was the the deal that was made in the past. Right. Right, but will the will the spirits of the forest that you know the the old things and the evil things that sort of thing protect her, or 
are they, will they turn against her too? Like, will she realize her nature? Is the nature of the witch evil or is it just misunderstood? Well, that's what I was going to say is like, what makes it inherently evil? Um, Historically or in this story? I think in this story, we don't have enough information. I think historically you're, you're talking about a lot of misinformation and, and kind of an intentional campaign about like control uh, historically, it has a lot to do. There's an intersection between like almost the religion and the the medical component because a lot of midwives were targeted. A lot of women who were in in healing professions were targeted long before the medical arts was like a respected part of the community. Uh, so there's certainly an association with like we don't understand what's happening here, and so we're going to get rid of it. Yeah, of course, or women who speak out against the patriarchy. Sure, but there's less, there's a lot less evidence of that. I mean, like, historically, that's not, that's not as much of what the situation was. No, but women in general, from a religious or, you know, practical standpoint, you know, how, even things like how a period is treated, like a woman is unclean when she's on her period, you know, she must be, or the women have to be segregated from the men during religious practice, you know, that's sort of, it's all like the shortcomings of men are placed upon and blamed on women, and then you build a mythology around it too. Sure. So a woman who didn't marry, you know, and associates with animals, well, she must be a witch, then she must be practicing the occult, she's married to the devil. I think that though there's there's a lot there's a lot more of a, like I think there are more benign examples that get lumped into it though of you know healers and assistants and sure they may be women who worked alone uh, lived alone and worked alone or worked and lived in groups of women as opposed to being ba- married but. I don't think you have to actually go very far into what would be traditionally associated with the occult before you're outside of the norm of what is what the church is telling you you should be doing. Like you don't have to be living associating with animals and like living in the woods. You you can just be uh, a midwife who's particularly good at her job or perhaps has one or two unlucky circumstances where the baby dies and like people are looking for an, a, 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 some sort of explanation and with no other evidence then obviously that's it's it's the it's the woman's fault so there yeah. are just countless examples of that and once that becomes the norm that's the way we deal with the witch right we get rid of her we burn her that's the expectation and so you look at an entire like half of the population because you're you're pretty much exclusively talking about women you're talking like between 85 and 90 percent of the women uh of the witches who were persecuted like in the middle ages were women Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it becomes really easy to you have this very short checklist well, did she do this? Okay, we're good. We're going to go right. ahead and burn. We're going to, yep, got it. <laughs> of course, it's the Money Python's good. Yes, it is, except it's not funny because it's real. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But but in Emmy's case, we don't have any information at all about her, her past 
or if she has any, I guess, like talents, right? Like she has a weird association with the Haints and she's able to see them and she's able to talk to them and she's got those fucked up dreams, but she doesn't have yet any manifestation of what would be more like appropriately fictionalized witchcraft. So I'm, I'm sort of excited to see if like suddenly Emmy has all of these like magical powers, right? Let's sure. push it into that extreme. I have no idea. Yeah. But that, you know, that's the fictitious realm. But, you know, there's there's a bit, not a, there is a, there's a few good examples of stories like this recently. Such as? Well, Rachel Rising is, is very reminiscent of some of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and deals with the same question about the role of women misunderstood historically balanced with you know, the actual evil women <laughs> in mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Moore definitely doesn't shy away from having actually evil women in Rachel Rising. Yeah, but also the antithesis of that, too. Right, right. And then, you know, we have the witches story, too, which is is different and has different protagonists. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, witch as an archetype isn't a valid, uh, like, horror creation. Just because mm-hmm. actually historically it was totally fucking bunk and and thousands of, of mostly women but also some men and children died because people are crazy doesn't mean that it doesn't make for good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but every factor to this, especially when you go to pre-sort of medical community, like people healing with herbs and that, and that sort of stuff, there's a lot in the medical the annals of medical history that are trial and error and mm-hmm. you know you could have like okay the the healing woman gave you know old jimbo this poultice and then he died mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she must have killed him yeah that's that's what i mean it, it doesn't take like the um burden of proof is, <laughs> sure is, <laughs> yeah it's like not really a thing csi middle ages was a <laughs> uh, a much different show yeah yeah, Although and I would watch that. There's a lot of really, really interesting uh, evidence about like the association with the with the church specifically, um, and it, there's a there's a control component to this. I mean the 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 women who were in healing roles in towns and cities in the Middle Ages were predominantly illiterate. I mean, they were working on their own. They were probably mostly poor, and it was, uh, like, family, uh, I don't know, like, heirloom treatments for these ailments. Mm-hmm. And it was not realistically a threat to the power of the, uh, like, traditional male-dominated church. And yet, it was positioned as that. It was positioned to the to the rest of the townspeople as like we need to stamp this out because this is a threat to all of us but but it so, was a threat to the to relig- the the organized judeo-christian religions because they part of the indoctrination was to stamp out the you know the paganistic religions that they were you know superseding dude do you know some of the medical treatments that the church advocated during like the black death and so on and so forth very paganistic. I mean, 
That doesn't mean anything. There's, <laughs> they still claim credit for it. or Tons of stuff was adopted into religion in order to bring people into the fold. Right. But, but so I, I'm saying, like, it, you don't then, 1,500 years later, suddenly balk at it. Like, that doesn't come until much later. Sure. During, during the Middle Ages, it wasn't so much about distancing themselves from the, the pagan. It was, it was, it was a very much distancing from women who were in positions of respect and power in their communities. Mm-hmm. Like, even on the kind of down low, even just a very provincial respect for the local woman who had had this like healer knowledge uh it just takes one tiny misstep and you can turn that healer into a witch because you're going to her instead of going to the church even though the church doesn't have any other information to give you it's all bullshit i don't i don't mean that from a religious perspective i just mean that from a like medical knowledge perspective but the minute you're going somewhere else for guidance or for help that somewhere else becomes a threat. Well, but the church isn't selling medical healing. It's selling spiritual healing. But the spiritual healing is what was supposed to be able to help you medically. Of course, right. So, yes, I, I agree with you. But so, the, the threat comes from not that they can medically assist you. It's that it was taking away from the, the faith and the faithful. Right, right. Like, I, I've done a, a whole... I find the... I find that era really fascinating. I've done a, a whole bunch of, like, side reading on, like, the Black Death and m- ways that different areas in Europe treated it. Uh, and, like, some pockets of communities that were more aware of, like, hygiene and therefore were able to stamp it out faster versus those who were very much into the, like, mystical <laughs> attempts to... Like, they built these abracadabra triangles that are really sort of lovely and amazing. And uh, it's just, it's all, it's all what we would classify as witchcraft in this very broad sense of doesn't have, it's magic because we don't understand it. Not because it's working and we can't explain it, but because it's, it's not working because it's totally bunk. It's like magic in the actual fictional definition thereof Mm -hmm. and so then when you start talking about well i i guess when you when you mention paganism when you talk about it as a religious belief that actually has more like roots in you know historical reverence for nature and like the world like there's that's different that's totally different than people running around like making shit up and putting herbs in a bucket and claiming that's gonna you know save their spirit from from this horrible disease like right. I, I don't know I'm interested to see how where what side of all of this like Emmy fits in and the townspeople themselves because there's a prejudice there towards what they don't understand and so I'm like fascinated with is it that they don't understand it because it's actually evil or do they not understand it because it's different and like does emmy have a choice in the matter or is she the bridge between that oh yeah true you know because there's a lot of that's a there's a lot of stories of kind of 
you know, humans walling themselves off from their surroundings because they fear it. Mm-hmm. But if they just brought down the walls and, and integrated, they would be able to live in harmony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's um, so much yeah. easier, Aaron, to just be like, I don't get it. I don't like it. It's natural instinct, though. <laughs> it's survival instinct. If you don't, if you don't know it, if you don't understand it, it might be trying to kill you. Yeah. Out in the forest, that's typically true. It's so depressing, though. No, that's just the natural world. I it's, know, but but it, the natural world has been superseded by the world that we use now with that that relies on communication to resolve conflict. It it doesn't have to be like that anymore. Like that's that's evolution, right? We can talk through our problems. We don't have to just squash them. We don't, but we do have to live within the natural world. Like what we've done to the world currently and what we're doing to the world currently isn't sustainable. You want to talk about some more witches? Sure. second book this week is 1602 Witch Hunter Angela number one written by Marguerite Bennett art is by Stephanie Hans additional writing is by Kieran Gillen with art by Marguerite Savage lettering is by Clayton Coles Witch Hunter Angela is published by Marvel Comics so this takes the the power structure and kind of turns it around because now our witch witch hunter herself is female as is her companion so that's kind of rad. Yeah. Now we can we can fight all of the actually right all of the witches that she kills are male. At least witchborn, yeah. Issue. But in this in this world, witchborn are a race too. It's basically like mutants. Right. With a mystical aspect to it. Yeah, there's a mystical aspect to it. There's also like the. Sorry, I was about to mention Barnes, but he is not witch breed. He's Faustian, so mm-hmm. got it. Sure, the the distinction between born and chosen is really important here. Yeah, as a almost as a race, yeah, race or different species. It, wait, talk to me more about that. Okay, well, in, in terms of this book, or in terms of like mythology and history. I think in terms of this book, because I'm wary about what you're implying with mythology and history, but I want you to frame it about the book first. Well, in the book, I see it more as like a different, an offshoot or a different species that inhabits the world that's been hunted almost to extinction. Mm-hmm. But that is obviously evil. Okay. You know, that there's that's not... That's the witch uh, breed at the very beginning. Correct. Okay. You know, that we assume are, are evil and have been have been removed from, you know, from the, the earth because they are offensive to, you know, God, Emperor, Doom. Okay. Right? And then we have the Faustian component, which is Someone hilarious. who is turned over, <laughs> yeah, who's turned over their, their soul and their humanity for... Literally you know, for made a deal with the devil for the power or yeah. earthly pleasures or whatever. Right. And, but, but I think that that Angela is saying that that's way worse. I mean, she says that, I, I don't think that, I know that. She says that a half a dozen times. 
that that's not the true, the, the witch breed isn't the true threat. That's not the true evil. The evil are the people who are choosing to be evil. Sure, yeah, because they've, they've given up their humanity, you know, for, you know, for comfort. Mm-hmm. Comfort and power. Whereas, you know, the, the witch born have no choice. They're born into the life. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, just like the king is trying to, is trying to pass for whatever reason is assumed. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to pass so that he's not killed. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, right. It's just, but there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it. It's funny. It's like, it all kind of goes back to that. It still makes me think of the Monty Python sketch where it's like, you know, all these, whatever you throw out there is, well, she's a witch, burn her. But in the end, she is a witch. Right, she actually is. Right. Right. So, you know, there's fear, mistrust, all, you know, you can make up any reason to assuage your, your own insecurities and fears. But, you know, maybe in the end, you're right, too. So how does the Enchantress fit in? I don't know. That's why I don't like doing number ones. Yeah, but I'm making you, so speculate. I think she's either just a leader of the race in this regard, that race having special abilities, just like, you know, Professor X would be leader of the mutants or, you know, Magneto or Cyclops or something like that. So you don't, wait, so the Enchantress is like, but she's creating the Faustians. That might be her witch-born ability. Hmm, okay. You know, there's plenty of mutants within the Marvel Universe who have crazy abilities to, I mean, look at the Scarlet, the Scarlet Witch. Can manipulate time, space, and reality. Hmm. You know, but, I have a it, but it is—it these... was a mutant ability. It wasn't magic, right? I, so I—I I have to stop myself with the Secret Wars books from trying to fit too many pieces together. Like it's a puzzle, and it's a well-crafted puzzle, but it also doesn't have to all match up exactly, and that's part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. But as I'm reading these various Secret War stories, I, it's almost like all of these characters who I know and love are uh, like in a costumed murder mystery. Or I, I I know that there's another story. Maybe it's a Doctor Who episode <laughs> where where characters are are in roles. They're like playing another role. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's these, what it is. But, sure. that, but there's an awareness that's missing in the Secret Wars books that I'm, like, waiting for. And I don't think it's going to happen. And that's what, that's what I was trying to say is that, like, I keep reading these expecting something to finally click and everybody kind of wakes up and they realize... Oh, no. But that's not going to happen. And I'm not... No. <clears throat> I'm not saying that I expect it to happen. I'm saying that it has been... It has been difficult for me to to keep reminding myself that that's not what is going to happen in this story. My, my only suggestion for reading these is they're just, they're what ifs. They're, you know, like the I old know, what ifs. I know, you always story. say that, but it just sounds like such a fucking cop-out. It isn't, though. It, they're all what if worlds. They're like, what if Angela was in 1602 world? And what if, you know, 2099 Avengers was, you know, had continued? Or I think it's going to be much more sophisticated than that. I really do. I That's why, like, I bristle every time you say it's just a what if story because just a what if story can happen all the time. I think this is part of a much bigger plan. And I'm not saying that they're going to click all wake up, but I also don't think this is all for naught. 
that's fine. We're we're skewing enough into the into secret wars and like speculation about how the story plays out. That really Hi, has nothing to do with. Know your audience, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to talk about that. I know but... you are. It was my like little bone to throw at you for talking about early books. Sure. I mean, do you want to you want to talk about secret wars? No, but I I think it's totally okay to talk about it in terms of this book and like what does it. What does it mean that we we have Angela and we have the Enchantress? Like that's those are significant women who have like a long legacy of power. What does it mean now that they're pitted against each other in this world? It means it means nothing. It, it you, you they are so? just framing. They're just yeah. They're framings for the story. Okay. They're they're characters that fit the story. Okay. Yeah, it, it ha, in a larger sense, it means nothing. Like, none of this is going to have any lasting consequences? Nope. Cool. Okay. That's fine. You can read it's a totally book. fine. You can read a story on its own and just enjoy it. Like, that's what I like about... I don't agree with you, but it is also totally fine. Well, in the larger Secret War sense, it's fine because it fills out the world. But you don't have to read these side stories to understand and enjoy the main Secret War story. But because ultimately all these battle world worlds, some of them, some aspects of those will play into the larger story. But the core of the of the little tie-ins are just for enjoyment. This is super enjoyable, so I'm all for it. And we already know which ones might have long-lasting effects. Okay, because they've I was already just been about teased. to ask you what, why, why do we know that? Oh, just from solicits. Yeah, for like the new Avengers lineup, so we know like you know the Maestro continues and Old Man Logan continues. And, you know, X-23 is now the new Wolverine. And, you know, who's going to be the Hulk? It's, you know, it's one of one of the characters. Hmm. So some of the post-incursion battle world characters will carry forward. But most main characters are just going to get reset. Fascinating. Yeah, well, the multiverse is a varied and wonderful world of magic, science, Mystery fear. and mayhem? Yes. <laughs> So I think we've um we've burned that witch at the stake. That was clever. Thank you. How's that working out for you? So far, this episode, great. <laughs> People are laughing. Anything else for the good of the order? No, no. I'll just keep everyone up to date on, you know, comic speculation news and uh Nobody cares. Can, lots of people care. Nope. Yep. So if you want if you need hot tips, just uh hit me on Twitter and make sure you CC Andrea. <laughs> also when you're reading rom that's also really exciting to see yep. andrea yep we're gonna get back to that tonight so i hope you are around i and ready. can't wait to mute you again it's gonna be awesome mm-hmm. i'll email them to you too <laughs> actually i'm gonna start texting them to you <laughs> you can block on your phone yeah there's lots i have lots of ways of getting a hold of you <laughs> carrier pigeon i'm gonna print them out and mail them to you <laughs> that's awesome Go old if you do that i will frame them i'm not even kidding <laughs> uh-huh so uh, next new comic book day is my birthday. And what you can do for me for my birthday is go to your local comic book shop and set up a pool list and subscribe to all of your favorite comics titles and discover something new. Pick up one new thing next week just for me. You can thank me because it's all for me, but you get to read it. And don't forget to subscribe to them digitally as well on Comixology, or, man, I had to read on the Dark Horse app this week because of uh, Harrow County, and it reminded me that I still 
I just don't, I don't love that app. I wish I did, but I don't. So maybe buy all of your uh, Dark Horse books in print and subscribe to your other ones digitally. Anything that you need to know from us is on our site, comicstherapy.com, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Well, way down yonder in the deep blue hollow. Yeah, way back in the swamp where the snakes go crawling. Shrivel old lady with a tombstone mouth, scaring up trouble at the haunted house. Flying across the moon on a big old stick. Everybody afraid of the wicked old.